So some of you, I really don't know. I'm seeing you for the first time. So if you don't know who I am, that's how I always am. <laughs> I, um, I don't know how to do it differently in the sense that I believe that we need to be ourselves. And I'm not trying to make clones of me in Sydney. Uh, we celebrate the, the divergence. In fact, I love that movie. Who, who saw that movie, Divergent? That's cool, right? Don't you love how concepts come out in movies and you think, oh, yes, why didn't I think of that? <clears throat> so here's the thing, 24, I've been praying over what to leave you with. I mean, I did give you a whole download in, in the worship time because I was seeing things over you. And I really feel like, you know, going back to that first vision that lovely lady spoke about, putting the stakes down, is that a stake in the ground is <clears throat> not a locality. It's actually the inheritance that you have in God. And the inheritance really is about what's written in your book. There is a book written about you in heaven for each and every single one of you. And sometimes <clears throat> we don't get to fulfill what's in our books purely because we've given the enemy footholds. And the way we do that is sometimes by thinking we should have been doing something else. And we feel terribly inadequate. Whereas oftentimes I think we're way more... The things that are in our hearts, we know that God has called us to. And in the past, I don't know how many, I've been a believer since I was 15 and I'm 55, so what's that, 40 years. In the last 40 years, I have met more discontented Christians that don't know if they're doing the will of God than anything else. And so my desire is always to leave with a group of people, an individual, uh, a, a church, a nation, with a sense of security that you really are on target. And these little fellas, I, they've been going really good though, hey, that's a whole hour. Like, hey, let's just applaud. Well done, you guys, well done. Um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> the, the sense that I felt with those stakes was that they're immovable stakes. You can actually, you know, who was asked to strike the ground? Do you remember? Tell me, Jane, who was that? the king so when we're asked to call when we're asked to strike when we're asked to you know ask again ask of me and I will give you the nations we can actually ask for a whole lot but we also can ask what is it for us to ask what is it for us and I know that on your house there is a, ma a massive mandate of worship there is a massive mandate for you to do become a house of praise that decrees and becomes solution bringers. Do you know who they sent to battle when they used to go to war? They would send the worshipers out. Who does that? Picture your own nation. Picture a war coming, and all the, all the bands, get, 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 they get called up. They're all like, you know, in all their rock and roll gear, and they go, okay, we, we're called to the front line. Can you imagine that? Well, you know, they wouldn't last, right? You know why? Because it's all about them, right? They won't die for anybody. No way. But what, what worship does to you is that it allows you to create the biggest room for God. That's what worship does. Worship says, actually, God, you're so much bigger than my song. You're much bigger than my life. What do you want to do in this place? And how are you using me in this capacity? And so when I was, <clears throat> when I was preparing, sorry, I keep clearing my throat because there's something there. It's not because I'm nervous. Well, I am a little nervous, but not that nervous, like to be twitchy or anything. So I, I have some points for you. Is that okay? It's good to come with points. 
So I think I have eight of them very quickly because we've had so, such a rich feast. But I was praying over the books Nehemiah and Ezra before I even came to your church and I knew that God wouldn't encourage you. How are you doing, Patty? Benny, how are you doing? You guys? <clears throat> Do you know that you guys helped look after my family? I had a brother who was really unwell beginning of the year and you guys were the people I called to help my brother here in Johannesburg and he's alive and well. Thank you. Because you guys came and saw him in hospital and thank you for that. So, the first thing is cupbearer. The first thing that happened, Nehemiah in chapter 1, it, the at, chapter actually ends with, and I was a cupbearer to the king. I looked up cupbearer and what was that? Cupbearer was actually of noble descent. He was called to stand, not only to bring the king a drink, but he would check the drink first to make sure that no poison was put in so the cupbearer could die. So a cupbearer knew that his life belonged to the king. Nehemiah means the one who comforts. And there is nothing more comforting when you know that somebody is willing to die for you. <laughs> there really is nothing more comforting. Okay. That's point one. A cupbearer. That's who you guys are. You're cupbearers for the king. And not only that, you're carrying a particular flavor of drink. It's called the cup of the new covenant. It's called a really robust drink. That um, for a new cup comes a new wineskin. And for a new wineskin, you need a new mindset. Right? Jesus actually said, take this cup from me. If it's possible, Lord, take this cup, but not my will, but yours be done. In other words, if it was just left to me, I would have another kind of drink. <laughs> but yours, Lord, needs a whole new mindset. In other words, what do you want, God? And what you want, he's already put in our hearts. Number two, the enemy has levels of breaking point. That's really if you read Nehemiah, do this as a wonderful homework if you want to understand what this church is about. From the, from the first chapter right through to the end, you see the different uh, emotions that the enemy goes through. Sanballat. First, it says they were actually a little ticked off that the guys wanted to rebuild the wall. They were like, firstly, they said, I can't believe they want to come and help the welfare of the people. That's what it says. How dare they come? and help the welfare of the people. Do you know that if you want to do something good for people, sometimes people don't think that's really a good idea. Even the people you're trying to help sometimes, right? Sometimes they shonk you, is that right? Is that a word here? Hey, don't shonk me, but it happens, right? And, <clears throat> sorry, I love accents and I'm not mocking anybody. <laughs> I will do the Italian one for you, so you can see I am a wog. <laughs> um, Chapter 2, chapter 3, Tobias, um, they begin to conspire. It says the enemies actually got together and they conspired. And it, it, every time you read about them, their frustration levels were getting worse and worse. I want you to focus on that. I want you to <laughs> look at the enemy and realize he only has a short time left. Can you say that? Say, he only has a short time left. What do you do when you know you've only got a short time left? You go full out, don't you? That's what's happening on the earth. 
end time, part of being in end days is that the enemy runs rampant, goes, how many can I devour before my time is up? That's really all he's obsessed by. I remember in a dream many years ago, I was climbing up the back of a large truck. There was the head of Satan looking at me and he had black, massive hair and big wild eyes that were bloodshot. And I had climbed up this little ladder and I face to face with the enemy. And he just screamed at me as this truck is flying down the steepest hill. Saying, how much time do I have? And I began to laugh and laugh and laugh. And I said, you will never know. And then I jumped off the truck. I felt like that was a type of emotion that we need to take a hold of. Instead of us feeling like we have a little bit of time left. How many of us go around saying, we don't have enough time. I don't have the time to go and pray. I don't have time. There's so many meetings and so little time. I'm like, throw your watches away and come into another time zone. Because the time zone of heaven doesn't go according to our clocks. I had another dream. I think I've spoken about it here. Did I tell you about Issachar? Maybe some of you haven't heard. I'll tell you super quick. All right? I met an angel in a dream. He was crossing the road towards me. The road was Old Main Road where I used to live in Cowie's Hill in, um, in KwaZulu-Natal, Pantine. And um, he said, you've missed the 5.30 bus, but the 6.20 is coming. I'm like, okay. And we walked together past the bus stop. And I'm like, why are we walking past the bus stop? I'm going to miss the next bus. So I looked at him. I said, you look so familiar. Have you been to Jubilee? He says, yes, I have. And he smiles real big and his eyes were, and his teeth were really shiny white. And I woke up I said, hang on a minute. <clears throat> Who was that? And Holy Spirit said, that was Issachar. I looked up Ephesians 5.30 and it says, for we are members of one body. 6.20 says, is Paul appealing to the Ephesian church saying, pray for me whilst I'm in chains. Pray for me that I may fearlessly declare this gospel. So why do we have to catch up with the fact that we are members of one body? Because it's all going in the same direction. We're all needing to fearlessly proclaim this gospel for which Paul was in chains. So in order to do that, you have to remember, it's the enemy who's getting more and more frustrated. It's not your job. So give up your frustration and let's have some fun. The enemy has levels of breaking point. I don't know, I thought that was cool. Number three, your enemy fights you according to your future. But sometimes you fight according to your past. You're trying to catch up with something that you should have had. And God says, forget that. It's your future. And the way you do that, I'll tell you a secret, is you just live for the now. I'm not talking about spend all your savings. I'm not talking about that. Wisdom, people, wisdom. Don't throw your brains goodbye. Kiss your brains goodbye. I'm speaking about distractions come because you either have stuff in your past or you think you can't make it till the end. Just don't worry about that. You just live for now. What's he doing now? We run out of wine, so what? The best wine is now. We run out of food. Let's all sit down. Let's make groups. There's always a strategy. There's always a solution now. Your best life is now. You're not waiting for a retirement plan. You're not waiting for more money. You're not waiting for prices to come down, things to go up, the crime to stop. Listen, it's probably going to get worse. You know it. 
your best life is now. You can look back and go, man, those were good old days. So every day I say to Finn, honey, these are the good old days. All right. So your enemy will fight you according to your future because many times he sees what's coming for you and he doesn't want you to get it. All right. So if you can't, if you can't stop you now, he'll make you look back. So don't worry about that. Otherwise, you just become a pillar of salt. That just seems like a lame life, right? 1 Timothy 1.18 says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Fight, 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 Grant. <laughs> so let's look at, look at how we fight. Number, uh, was that four? Number four. Number four is fight your future according to your prophecies from the past. Take those words out. Your words are like swords in the spirit. And you need to raise them up. You can't wait for somebody else to come and jolt you, come and encourage you. We all love words of encouragement. Come and tell me how marvelous I am. Get up, you lazy lout. Just get up. Tell yourself how amazing you are. Get up and make a new decree over yourself. People go, there's not enough love in this church. Yeah, there isn't because you're sucking it all up. <laughs> Stop being a vacuum cleaner. You need to leave some for other people. Now, I can say these things because I'm getting on a plane. I get on the plane and I go, Qantas loves me. You know what I'm saying, people. You know what I'm saying. I really believe that there is nothing better and easier to love a person who already believes they're worth loving. And out there, they don't know that. So if the church takes up all the, Grant, you didn't love me, you didn't tell me, Jane didn't smile, she didn't have 15 coffees, it's not about that. It's actually about how can we take the prophecies over this house, the prophecies over our lives, how can we stand in battle and understand that the enemy doesn't like churches like you, he doesn't like people like you. You're just way too loving. And the love needs to spill out, just like the wine. So the, the best day to love, the best day to war is today. Number five, stand shoulder to shoulder. When you read through the book of Nehemiah, he positioned families. They stationed them shoulder to shoulder. Why? Because there's something incredibly comforting, which is what Nehemiah means, to actually know that there is somebody who understands what your life looks like. You know, it's very easy to dish out stuff, but when you have a family that knows you as a family, that knows all your ups and downs, your idiosyncrasies, and they love you beyond that, then you can carry on, can't you? You don't need a whole church to understand, you just need one family. Just one family. And if it's not in this house, stop whining, whinging, go get another family saved and make them that family. <laughs> All right? It's good. It's just easy, isn't it? I, I am amazed when people say, well, in this church we don't have, who ever wrote in the Bible that in little churches you had to find everything? Well, there isn't a big youth or there isn't a this or there isn't a that. Well, what is there? Why don't you look at what there is and let's magnify that. There's a whole lot of love. There's a whole lot of tenacity. There's a whole lot of fight, fight, fight. And there's a whole lot of courage, which is beautiful. Stand shoulder to shoulder. It also means that you empathize with how the weight of life affects you. <clears throat> All right. Number six. When we look out for the worker's needs, we see the provision of God. In other words, sometimes people say it's not all about the vision. And I go, well, you can't separate the vision from the provision. 
The provision for these communities is in the vision. No vision makes any sense unless it has in it the provision for people. It's not a provision just for a building. That's not your predominant call. Your predominant thing is the provision for the people. The provision for the workers in the ministry. The provision for those that are actually going out there, putting their lives at risk. That's the provision. In other words, if I go out in the streets, if I were living here, I'd, and that was the vision, you'd be, some of you would be saying, that's really crazy. Firstly, you're a woman that's dangerous. How about we have intercession teams? How about we have some men? How about we have, how about we, how about we go during the day, not at night, etc. right? Because any vision needs a provision. So you've got to ask yourselves, well, this whole vision is God actually making you part of the provision. It's not a mistake that you're here. You are part of the provision for this community. All right. This is all in Nehemiah. I know I could quote all the scriptures, but I know I don't have too much time, so I'll quote some. Number seven. Oh, wow. What are you just playing with me here? Fine. Do your thing, maestro. Uh, intimidation is a personal battle that gets us all. Do you know that Nehemiah started getting letters saying, ha, we know what you, you're up to. Who do you think you are, huh? And you get, I mean, I know you've even got letters from different building things and we all get personal things that intimidate us, but it's not actually about you. It's still about the corporate. So the Bible speaks about when you're going through trials, don't think it's just you. Don't think, oh, why me? No, well, actually it's all of you. You're all going through something similar. And so, you, you know, you're sharing in pain, but it also says, <clears throat> don't let it get personal. Nehemiah kept the big picture, the big picture. It didn't make it get personal. The enemy would love you to take offense. You know why? Because then you build a fence, not a wall. Hey, that's a good one, eh? All right. Number eight. There is a breaking point, and that's Nehemiah 6, verse 16. It says, when all our enemies heard about this. Let me tell you, all your enemies are hearing stuff. <laughs> Word gets around. And all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. That should be done with a really big English accent, don't you think? With the help of our God. <laughs> anyway. You know what? So this is what happens when you don't lose your confidence. The Bible speaks about not throwing away your, your confidence. When people tell you, ah, oh, it's what you did. It's what happened in my life that made me lose confidence. No, you turkey, you threw it away. Go find the place where you threw it, take it off, brush it off, shake the dust off, and put your self-confidence on again. Because it's the enemy that's losing self-confidence because you're realizing it's beyond you. This whole work is beyond you. Listen, being a believer is beyond you. You're surrounded by unbelief. You try and tell someone, this, this lady's leg grew. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, they did, really. <laughs> it's not the point. The reality is this work is done by God. He really knows how to build well. He knows how to build his church. All he asked us was to be faithful to him, to preach good news to the poor, and he'll build the church. We don't have to worry about what it's going to look like. Really, because he's pretty good at his job. All right. Um, number nine is the last point, because nine is the number of new beginnings, which is what you are here doing here. 
Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, do not grieve. In other words, rejoice, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And new beginning involves returning to the first love that we have for Jesus and to the pure love that we have for each other. That's what we're returning to. And when you do that, the joy and the strength of God is your sustaining power. That is something that people have said to us over the years. They've said, Finn is, what is your secret? We go, we don't have a secret. If we have marital problems, we go to mar marriage counseling, right? Because that works. Some of you are looking at me like, why are you telling us this? Maybe some of you need to go for marriage counseling. Is that so bad? Is that so bad? Leaders should just be honest and just say, wow. Wives are really good, but the husbands need help. I'm joking. That was a joke. See, you got my joke, right? <clears throat> we need all the help we can get. Whatever it is that you need to get your strength back, for some of you, it's a health issue. Your health is bad, like you just don't look after yourself. Or you don't drink enough water in the summer, or you just don't rest enough, or you're on, on apps too long and you don't sleep enough. You know, stuff like that. Or you don't know how to monitor your own emotions. Well, that's, find your strength. Find your joy. That's how you stay in the game. Stay in the building program of God, which is the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, Finn had a dream once. He always used to say to me, honey, you're the one that sees angels. You're the one that has all these encounters and it's amazing. Like, I don't really see stuff. And I go, you stop saying that because you're just getting what you're decreeing. So why don't you start saying something new? He goes, okay. I said, say, I'm someone who encounters God. He said that. And he has a dream. In this dream, he's walking into Jubilee building and there's an angel on the stage. And he walks up to the angel, and then he walks right through the angel, and he, like, he basically, what's, he faints in the spirit. What do you call it? He, um, what's it called? We haven't said it for a long time. Slain. Oh, slain. Yeah, I knew it was an odd word that we don't really use. That thing. That's right. Anyway, he falls out unconscious in his dream. And then he wakes up. He looks around, and there's these little angels with cups. And they go around, they give, they give um, the cup of the new covenant, they give the wine, the spirit, and there's just joy everywhere. So the Lord says to him, these are the angels that you minister with. So everywhere he goes, people start laughing. He's not even saying anything funny. It's just people start laughing, falling out their chairs, and it's quite comical. So he's always said, well, it's not the joy of a comedian that we're receiving. We're actually receiving a substance that has supernatural power in it. It's supernatural power. So we're back to the cupbearers, aren't we? We're back to point one, which is, and I am a cupbearer for the king. Guess what? What if you are a cup? <laughs> Paul says, right now I'm being poured out like a drink offering. What's that? What's that look like? It was apostolic joy. Because every time I think of you, I'm either weeping or I'm giving God thanks. Why? No matter what they did to him, whether they stoned him, whether they bashed him, left for dead, left him out, no boat out in the ocean with all those fishies swimming around him, whether, you know, whatever it was, he kept bouncing out of it, going, hey, I'm back, guys. Have you got my coat? I left my coat last time. It's like, dude, you've just been left for dead three times. This isn't even normal. Think about it. What's that? That's the joy of the Lord. 
That's a supernatural substance. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I was diagnosed with fractures in my spine. I just thought, wow, okay, that's, that sucks. <laughs> then, then I thought, but I can still walk. I can still do stuff. So they had me in this back brace, and I was walking up the stairs, my legs shaking, learning to do these really lame exercises. <laughs> I've done gymnastics, and they have you doing these lame, repetitive, you know, looking over the hill. Look over the hill. Lift your Look over the hill. I'm like, what's this doing for me? <laughs> but the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I lost my joy back there because I thought, that's not fair. I live my life for God, and this happens to me. And, I, you know, I was feeling sorry for myself for a little while, just for a little while. And then I thought, this is, this is really lame, right? Because joy is so much better. How many of you enjoy feeling sorry for yourself? It's lame, isn't it? It's so lame. Such a waste of time. So I just go, you know what? I'm just going to go back in the presence. Lord, everything that's happening is not a sign of my future. It's actually underlining what my now looks like. And my now looks like I might not be able to do cartwheels and spin around and dance like I used to, but I can jump up and down. Now, I couldn't do that a few weeks ago. I can still jump up and down. I can get on a plane. I'm not afraid that some, something's going to seize and I don't have health insurance. Fooey. I'm like, what are we going to do? We've just got to laugh our way into freedom. Ask these guys. We laugh so much. And I want to encourage you. If you don't know how to laugh, get some memes, some good healthy memes. Hold, you, hold each other to account for just joy. At least start with the natural stuff and then get onto the heavy juice. Right? So we're going to do some drinking as well. We're going to lift up our cups. So let me just recap. You start off as cupbearers, you end as cupbearers. You are a cupbearer for the king. And I believe that God holds you up as a cup. He holds you up as a drink offering. He pours you out onto people's lives. He spills you over into the community, into your jobs, into your work life, into your family. Some of you go, oh, my husband doesn't come to church, my wife, my children. Don't worry about that. Take the wine home, stain the couch red. Take the wine home, stain the atmosphere happy. For crying out loud, no one's going to come to your church service with you if you're just lemon sucking. No one. If you make places attractive, you can make your home a place where his presence is housed. You make it the happiest place. And I believe that, honestly, people are so worried, but will they just get into heaven? As if God is like, no, at the last minute, I'm just going to flick your family members off the edge. I mean, what do you think he is? You and your household shall be saved. You and your household shall be saved. And if you put your stake into 15 generations in advance, however far you have faith to see, put your stake there and saying, as for me and the households that are to come, we will serve the Lord. Thank you. I'm done. Are we going to drink, 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 drink? I want you to lift up your cups as a sign. <laughs> That's right. This is a prophecy for your church as well. Actually, Jane, you need to put it on because it's not my hat. This is your hat as a sign of you and Grant can wear it, but I think, you know, it's a girl. It wasn't the girl section of Mr. Price, so we kind of just come, Jane. So this says dream, plan, do. You're not just dreaming, but you're in a planning phase now. You're in a planning stage. Your phase one was great. You thought about all the things you could get up to. Brilliant. Ten out of ten. 
You're now in a planning phase. And you're stepping into the doing phase. And I believe that the planning is every bit as important as what you're doing is going to be. I believe that as God reconfigurates what that cup looks like, what your heart, what your saturation point looks like, that he can do a whole lot more with you. And I want you to know this Jubilee prays for you. We love you dearly. We think about you. We pray about you. We give God thanks that you're still standing, that you're here, you're a community, you're faithfully loving one another. What more can you ask for people? All right? That's awesome. So what should we do? Should we lift up our cups? I think we should raise a toast to 24-7. Because I know you all say we should raise it to Jesus first. Stop being so religious. This cup has got Jesus in it. We are raising Jesus' cup. (laughs) We're raising it all the time. But right now, we just want to lift up our cups as a sign to say, you know what? I want you to turn to one another now, and I want you to clink your glasses. Clink your glasses. And drink to 24-7. Say, this is the best wine is for now. The best wine is for now. The best wine is for now. Come on. Now, I'm going to hand I'm going to hand over because I know there might be sick people or whatever. I, I did have one word of knowledge. It's very unusual. Somebody here, you had a hallway mirror that came down and and crashed. Somebody, it might not have been recently, but you had a really beautiful hallway mirror that smashed. That's the only word of knowledge I had this morning. If I get any more, I'll tell you, but is there anybody in here? You had a nice hallway mirror and it broke. Nobody here? You're thinking about it? I don't think you can think long and hard about this one. This is one of those, it's either you got it or other, no, Izzy, you made this up. Last year, last year for my birthday, Matt got me this beautiful mirror, this beautiful long, full-length mirror, and um, my dogs ran past it on the day that I took it home and just smashed it in half. Stand up. (laughs) Father, we just thank you. There you go. (laughs) Thank you for this consecrated life. Thank you as she looks into the mirror. God says this is a new makeover. God says he's doing a makeover over the young people of the land. And there's, so much been, there's been so much distortion and shattered images where people have just had fractures in their own identities even. And God says you're going to be able to put people back together again. Some of them are coming with, with uh, um, transgender identities. People are going to come with all kinds of hang-ups. God says you're like a healing balm. You're like a healing oil. Stand up. So, Father, we just thank you. We just thank you. Because the dogs, the mutilators of the flesh will even come, and they've come to put bondage and, and, and um, whoa. mamasti. <clears throat> God has put inside of you an apostolic heart and an apostolic protective mechanism. And people will come in, and because they taste the wine, because they know the covenant, that they'll never be the same. They'll never, ever be the same. They'll never, ever be the same. <laughs> Father, we just thank you for supernatural provision. I just see uh, supernatural wealth creation in your lives. 
And um, get ready. Get ready to... Um, God says there's a greater yielding process coming. A greater yielding, even more and even more. A greater yielding process. He's actually pulling you through a very narrow gap, a very narrow place. But you're being birthed into something magnificent with a whole lot more of you. A whole lot more of you. God says you're a type. Whoa! Shikaramanandi. I don't know what's going on with the blood. Shukubrastabasandi. I know you've both got tattoos, so you can't give blood. I don't know if that works in this nation. But I see blood banks. God says there's going to be a raising up of people and an awareness for blood, for donating blood in this nation. God says he's raising up people in this house. Who's that? Who has a thing for donating blood? Seriously, stand up. Come here. Shakramanandi. Come on, all the emergency service people right now. Shakramanandi. Who's an emergency service people? Come. Come forward, come forward quick. You've got to run, 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 run. You've got to run, 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 run. This is what I'm seeing. The church is going to create a new way for the blood banks. Gosh. Father, we just thank you for creating solutions. Creating solutions. Shikara masabra bababasia kanando roboshese. God says, get ready to write papers that will go before government. You will change the laws. It says, you will give you, melt the hearts of kings. You will melt the hearts of kings to change the laws. Change the laws. Decree a thing and it shall be. Decree a thing and it shall be. Decree a thing and it shall be. God says, you need to be fierce because the, the first no, you need to throw away. And the second no and the third no and maybe even the first 15 no's. But I tell you what, at 16 and 17, there's a whole lot of yeses coming your way. Shakana Mariba, Satere Monde. Mari warrior. Mari warrior in the spirit. You see 3D, you see 4D, you see 5D up to 7D. There are new dimensions for you to sing out of, to speak out of, and to dance out of. Thank you, Jesus, for this freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. What are we going to press? Extend your hands out to them. Father, we just thank you that solutions are causing things to change in the land. That there will be Places where people can come and they will be able to donate blood for the saving of lives. God says he's sending you ahead so that you can save lives. He's sending you ahead like Joseph's so that you can save lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Shalamanandi. I'm seeing a phone number. You've got 6468. 6468 in it somewhere. Who's got 6468? Anybody's mobile number? 6468, somewhere in it. 6468, nobody? Thank you, Jesus. Shalala Mariba Kabande. Kurama Satere Menendere Beshia Bababa. Kurama Shandi. Is there a married couple here? One of you is born 64, the other one's 68. Is there a 64, 68, anything here? 64, 68. In Mara Shusaba, Tulamanandi, Kihanamande. 64, that'll do. Come. Let's do 64, 66. Whoa. Who's the 66? 66. 66, 64. I've, I've gone into another realm. Wow. Oh, cool. 
<laughs> One of you, when you were two years old, something significant happened. Who was that? <laughs> what happened when you were two? Somebody had something dramatic happen at two. I just believe God is decreeing mothers and fathers in the land, mothers and fathers in the land, mothers and fathers in the land. There is a cry coming from the depth of the soil of this nation saying, where are the mums and dads? Where, the, where are those that are saying you can stay married? You can love your kids? You can actually say goodbye to your children? You can actually sow into the field? You can actually have people that betray you and still be faithful? God says you're, you're ones after his own heart and he's going to multiply your hearts and I see all these mother and father hearts landing in a, a kind of like a, a harp and bowl prayer place. And God says, you're of, the, you're of the harp, you're of the bowl, you're of the harp, you're of the bowl. Shandaraba, where angels ascend and descend. And you're going to dis be dispensers of hope in the land. Dispensers of hope. You're going to have, um, I, just, I just see these really simple programs, like financial programs. Things that you go, people come to you and say, how do you save? How do you... <laughs> <laughs> simple, simple solutions. God says simple solutions are the best. Simple solutions are the best. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> More Lord, more Lord, more Lord. All right. And if you want to drink, and if you want to come and drink, you may come, and we're going to bless you and pray for you. I'm going to hand over in case this goes too long.